vent. And I mean, a season that I love, that I know many of you love, obviously Fleming Rutledge, and if you're not familiar with who she is, um, I would highly encourage you to read some of her work. She has a wonderful book on Advent that is uh, really, really large right now. Um, the Holtys just... Oh, were you? Okay, this is... Um... Sorry, uh, so the Holtys and I have a bit of a, a language here because uh, they recommended a book to me for Advent that I now love from, uh, that's made of Diedrich Bonhoeffer's writings. I think y'all recommended that to me. I don't think I recommended that to you. I think you recommended it to me. Um, so why don't we give credit where credit is due? Uh, this is not going to be like that. This is this is a what's the word for a really long book? A tomb. Uh, it, it's it's but it's very good. So and her book on um, on the crucifixion won Christianity Today's Book of the Year two years ago. It's just amazing. Uh, so I would encourage you to read some of hers. Uh, she's influenced some of what you've heard, whether you know it or not. Uh, she's excellent. She's an Episcopalian, uh, was an Episcopalian priest. She's retired now. So, but we're, we're entering Advent, and the reason I think this is so wonderful is because of uh, the future-looking aspect of Advent that we, in our society, quite often truthfully do a terrible job of, of acknowledging. So let's start off with Scripture, and all of the Scriptures for the next four weeks will come from the lectionary. So we are not a liturgical church, typically. In other words, a church that is focused on tradition. But there are some traditions that we do. Uh, every uh, Advent and every Lent, we, uh, we participate to prepare to be able to celebrate Easter and Christmas appropriately. And what I mean by appropriately is by really focusing on, on what they're about. Uh, because both of those kind of get co-opted, Christmas even more so, by our society, rather than being the reminder of our faith that they should be. Hopefully, you see this all the time. We do things all the time to be acts of remembrance, i.e., Maria and her two little ones today led us in the lighting of the Advent wreath. And the whole point of this wreath is to remind us of certain things and certain elements. Each lamp has a name. And I'll talk about this lamp's name today because this is the lamp of prophecy or lamp of hope is the way it's often referred to. Uh, and the scriptures that we have been reading that uh, uh, Kathy Han read and Tegan read uh, over video um, and that I'm about to read from come from this lectionary, which is a book that has scriptures that's picked for each of these themes. And all of these scriptures deal with hope. And the reason that's so important and the reason I picked Fleming Rutledge's video to bring this up is so often we forget that hope only happens in darkness. You don't have hope happen when everything's fine. You know, oh, I hope it's okay, <laughs> and it is. Uh, hope happens when you're worried that something else is going to go on. So let's read the scripture. This is uh, what the word of the Lord says. This is from the 33rd chapter of uh, the prophet Jeremiah. It says the following. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In this place, desolate and without people or animals, in all its towns, there will again be pastures for shepherds to rest their flocks. In the towns of the hill country, of the western foothills, and of the Negev, in the territory of Benjamin, and in the villages around Jerusalem, and in the towns of Judah, flocks will again pass under the hand of the one who counts them, says the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. In those days, and at that time, 
I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. So we're in Advent. Now, one, I, I love the fact, one, thank you for, for singing today and leading sing, and, and singing. I love the fact that we were able to give Eric just a month off and uh, he has gone deer hunting. And if you, you have followed him at all, he's killed a buck and a doe this year. That's like a big deal uh, for him. And I've not even seen a deer. So he's a better hunter than I am. Uh, but I think we all knew that anyhow. But I love the fact that we were able just to grab people from within the church and different people were able to sing each month. And even when the Strongs who were going to sing ended up getting sick, we were able to just fill in. Thank you for doing that. You do that because you recognize, I say you do that. I'm, I'm saying your motivation here. I think you do that because you recognize the church is more than just performance. And, and what I like about that is, is that so many of the things that we say are our faith, we reduce down to certain things rather than realizing they're just more than. And, and Advent's an experience of that. So for many of us, our neighborhoods blossomed this past week, blossomed with lights and blossomed with decorations. Uh, when I moved up to Wisconsin, I learned you guys decorate more than any other place I have ever lived. My mom continues to comment on that. She's like, they're decorating for Halloween. Who decorates for Halloween? You decorate for Thanksgiving. I did not even know there were external Thanksgiving decorations until I moved up here. If you can decorate for it, you guys do. It's just, it's amazing and absurd at the exact same moment. Because you love decoration. And my neighborhood, there's a couple of people uh, that just go all out. And I got to be honest and say, I love it when I'm running. It's nice to run in the neighborhood and, and not have to worry about whether or not my headlamp is bright enough as I go down certain roads because it's just lit up that well. But the reality is, Christmas is not about all the, the, the nice decorations we have. But we turn it into that because we are so afraid of the darkness over and over again. Pam and I, our tradition as a family is on, uh, on um, Friday or Saturday after Thanksgiving, we go and we get our tree. And we are, we're, we're not adamant on very many things. I'm very much a grace guy on most things in this world. Uh, but there are a few things that I'm pretty adamant about. Ellen, are you okay? <laughs> okay. Um, one of those is Heinz ketchup is the only ketchup you should have at your house. I got to be completely honest. If I come to your house and you have hunts, I'm probably going to judge you. And if you've got a, if you've got a no name brand, I'm going to think even less of you. Heinz 57, 50, not, not Heinz 57, the, the steak sauce, but Heinz ketchup, that's what you should have. And the other thing is uh, you should have a real tree. Okay. Businesses are allowed to have fake trees. Humans should have real trees. I know there's some people that, that are feeling judged right now. My mother is one of those. If you, if you can't have a real tree, that's okay. But we typically, the day after Thanksgiving or the Saturday after Thanksgiving, we go and we get our tree. We make a big deal about it. We have this one place that is our place. And we love going there. Uh, and they have to shut down like once every seven years to let the trees grow a little more. And it always crushes us. And we went there yesterday and it, I mean... I have a tree guy, which is kind of nice. I mean, like, 
our tree guy knows us and asks, you know, how are the kids doing? It's kind of fun to have a tree guy. And we got to talking about, uh, about life. And he said, well, we, truthfully, we started talking about the new COVID variant that has come out of South Africa. And he said, yeah, I barely caught, caught it because I don't watch the news anymore. I, I just find myself feeling bad all the time. You probably can relate to that because the reality is so often the way we deal with darkness is to just avoid it. We kind of close our eyes to the darkness. And Advent is not that. Juan mentioned uh, and when he sang, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and I love the fact that you mentioned this. I love the songs that you picked. But he mentioned that Advent is about coming, and it is. And so often what happens is we think it's about the coming of Jesus incarnate, forgetting it's actually about Jesus coming again. Advent is not, uh, not just looking back to what happened uh, when Jesus was born and placed in a manger. It is more future-looking than it is past-looking. Advent is about preparing for the coming of Jesus again because we know that He has come in the past. Think of how we shape Christmas in regard to that. See, When we look into the future and we say Jesus will come again, we can look into the darkness and know that the darkness does not have final say. We can look into the darkness and say the light is coming again. But when we all, all we do is focus on the the nice little family moments that we picture taking place around the nativity. Well, it's wonderfully sentimental. But it does nothing for the darkness that we face every day. If anything, it makes us miss this reality that never happened in our lives all the more. See, if you look around, you're going to see darkness already. This past week, Waukesha showed us that. And that was just another week in a series of weeks It feels like every week we have something else happen in our society that gives my tree guy every reason not to want to watch the news because something bad is going to happen. And our defense against it is not Jesus is coming. Our defense against it is to try and put blinders on that we might not see it. But today... Maria and her little ones lit the candle of hope. A candle that reminds us, again, because so many of the things we do are just to help us remember us. Remember, why do we do an Advent wreath? To help us remember. Why do we do the Lord's Supper like we will next week? To help us remember. Why do we sing? To help us remember. What what are we remembering? That Emmanuel has come and Emmanuel will come again and Emmanuel has never left us because he is always God with us. Therefore, we don't have to be scared of the darkness. In in our personal darkness, when we deal with our own pain and our own hurt and our own grief, in societal darkness, when we deal with the darkness of the society around us, and truthfully, for many of us here, with the fact that we don't have to face it the way others do. 
It gives us the courage to be able to look into it and say the light wants to be there too. It's how God referred to himself. One of the adjectives, well, it's, I guess it's a noun, but one of the nouns he used as a descriptor, light. Here, this is what the word of the Lord says. This is what uh, the Lord God Almighty says in this place. Desolate and without people or animals in all its towns, there will be again pastures for shepherds to rest in their flocks. In other words, it is doomed right now. It is dark right now, but I will restore it. Why will he restore it? Because he's the light. He says as much. For Jesus spoke again to the people. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus says this in the midst of a messed up society. He says this to a group of people who are living, when they're living in, their, in the promised land, it's not a promise anymore because they are being, they've been taken over by the Romans after a series of other people took them over also. They are living as people who are not in control of their own promised land. And for many of them, they are still living out in exile. And Jesus says to them, even though you walk in darkness, you're not going to walk in darkness because I am the light of the world. And he calls us to remember that and in hope to live out something different. How does that happen in Advent? Well, for the past 14 years, we as a church have participated in a, in a program called Advent Conspiracy. For, for most of those years, it's kind of shaped what we talked about for these four weeks. It's not going to this year. Uh, but I want to remind you of this. The whole point of Advent Conspiracy was saying so much of what we say we're doing to celebrate Jesus, truthfully, is about putting lights and glitter out there to help us avoid the darkness rather than realizing a God who takes control of a dark world and brings light to it because he created it. I'm going to show you the video that reminds us of what Advent Conspiracy is, and we're going to talk a little bit. The encouragement is this, to celebrate Advent as it's meant to be, a reminder of his coming, his coming into a dark world as the light, and the light always defeats the darkness. That is our hope. That is what we try to remember. And the beauty is that because he is the light, some of his light begins to reflect off of us and cause us to act differently. Jesus also said this about his followers. He said this, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Uh, Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. That means that you will begin to live a little differently it does not mean that you will get it all right you will not you will never be the savior of the world the world's salvation does not depend upon you there's only one person who can be messiah but when he comes into our lives in the midst of our darkness and we allow his light to begin to shine a little bit it changes the way we live. It changes the way we celebrate Christmas. It changes the way we give. It causes us to want to do things that bring about a little more light in the midst 
of darkness. One of my favorite writers and theologians, Jürgen Moltmann, says this about hope. He says, Hope is lived when it comes alive, when we go outside of ourselves and enjoy and pain, take part in the lives of others. The reason I love this is because, well, there are many who will say that faith is about pacifying your fears. Mark said it was the opiate of the people. This is not an opiate. This does not dull you so that you can forget about the pains of the world. This candle, this lamp that we light and we call the light of hope is not about forgetting the darkness. It's about recognizing there is darkness and that God has come into the midst of it. And a candle lit in a dark room is a magnificent thing. And one day his light will so desolate the darkness that according to the book of the Revelation, there will be no sun because we will be in the presence of God the Son. He will be our light. So I have some things I want to encourage you to do this week to remember hope. But before I do that, does anybody have anything to add to what's been said? Okay. Well, again, another reference to light in Scripture. <laughs> it says this from the very first book, uh, very first chapter of John in describing what's going on. It says, in him, the him being Jesus, was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I think one of the things we do to live out hope is to remember that the darkness has not and will not and will never be able to overcome his light. I think we do that through as many small remembrances as we can. This week we read a psalm, we read from uh, Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, and we read from Jeremiah. What I'm going to do is fairly simply this. We remember through lots of small actions so I'm going to give you a few small actions. Most of you in this room, and Juan and Kaylee, I'm not sure if you're on this list yet. I think I put you on there, but I'm not sure. Um, get the little bitty MailChimp tapestry newsletter that I send out every now and then, uh, a little less than once a month. Uh, it's done during the pandemic when we were needing to send out a video feed every week. Now I do it when things kind of change. This week, I'm going to send out all the scriptures uh, from the lectionary. There are four of them. And there are a couple of prayers also. And my encouragement is simply this. Sometime during the day, read the scripture, one of the scriptures. Say one of the prayers. And think about how this helps you to live out hope. One thing you might want to do, if I had kids at home, I don't have kids at home anymore, uh, they have gone off elsewhere, which is why my budget is a lot better now than it used to be a few years ago, um, because you guys are, you have expensive little people in your house. Um, but one of the things that we would do is uh, we like to eat dinner at the table, which I know can be difficult, but we had a uh, box full of questions that we would ask. And uh, one of the things I would recommend is maybe taking one of these scriptures and reading it. I know some of you sing the doxology as your, your prayer 
uh, when you eat, which I think is a wonderful thing of, uh, thing of doing, but also of remembering. Read some of these scriptures and let your kids hear them. Read some of these scriptures and let yourself hear them. And ask, what is hopeful in the midst of this darkness? Because what the world typically does is it tries to close its eyes to darkness, pretend like everything's okay, like we're all shiny, happy people. But the beauty is the church is able to look into the darkness because the light is our Messiah. So, this week, you'll get that. Uh, you'll get that tonight, actually. Um, I would encourage you to do something with that. I don't care, though, if you don't do it. What I care is this. Find some way of remembering hope. Hope happens in the darkness. Hope is belief and trust that the light has overcome and will continue to overcome the darkness. Would you join with, with me in our closing prayer? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Friends, have hope. Have hope in the midst of the darkness that you experience. Have hope in the midst of the darkness you see. And then live that hope out as people who reflect His light. Because He is life. And that life defeats death. Have a great week, okay?